when it comes to the MCU, um, violence isn't exactly the first thing we think of. Uh, you know, usually I think about, you know, the humor and the uh, lightheartedness and the fantastical aspect of it first. Uh, but when you remember um, the first film being Iron Man, um, with a protagonist who's, um, you know, running an arms manufacturer, Stark Industries, uh, and, you know, his most famous scene probably is that um, uh, he's, like, standing in the desert and yeah, um, introducing uh, the, uh, what's it called? The um, the, ja- uh, the Jericho, Jericho missile. Jericho, yes. The best weapon is yeah. the weapon. You only have to fire once, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I want to say someone claims that was um, uh, improv or that was an ad-libbed monologue. Um, and they, they keep referencing his background, you know, even though he kind of goes through this um, this journey where he kind of um, changes course and shuts down uh, the weapons uh, aspect of his company. Um, you know, Age of Ultron especially kind of goes back into that. Um, so with the MCU being popular as it is, you know, we, we, we'd like to say that, um, you know, the media that we watch these days has a certain responsibility, especially in this landscape, um, where, you know, the Parkland kids have kind of, um, heightened the conversation again, you know, about the NRA and about gun control at a uh, pretty pivotal level. And then it seems pretty oddly, like weirdly appropriate that, or inappropriate rather, that the Punisher kind of came around during this time. Uh, so this is the next episode of AP Marvel. As always, I got Izzy with me. Hello, Izzy. Hi, Chris. And Anthony, who looks uh, very comfy on his bed right now. I am very comfy on my uh, bed. Hey, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our guest today is Eric McAdams. Hello. Hello. Uh, would you like to tell us what you do, what your background is, how we know each other, and uh, stuff uh, we're working sure, on? Yeah. yeah. Little intro. My name is Eric McAdams. I use he, him <laughs> pronouns. I'm a writer based mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. I think The Punisher is a bad TV show. And that's one of my main things Oof. that I wrote about for Hot my takes. time at Paste, which yeah. is where I spent... Uh, few months as an editorial intern, which is how I know Chris. hey Yeah, I feel like that's about <laughs> what you need to know about me. I'm kind of short, not in shape. You know, I hate the sun. Ah. It turns me into a tomato. I, can, I, I started a podcast network recently. I'm going to plug that later. Yeah. Ooh. Um, wow, that turned into more of a dating profile than I was expecting. <laughs> um, but, so let's... Let's go back in time for a second. <laughs> Let's, uh, uh, yes, yes, the classic. Two thousand eight. Delving 2008. in. Do you remember where you were in two thousand eight? <laughs> I was. I was ten. Chris. I was ten. Uh, so, I um, was uh, twelve. Uh, this wasn't a math question. I was just wondering if you remember. <laughs> Here's what I was getting. I was at. in middle. I was in middle school making. Getting made fun of. Oh boy! Uh, was it because grade? I think that makes me the oldest person here. Goodness! I'm. Uh, oh no! I? So I'm. T- I was. I'm 24. So I. I was. Okay. Okay. Heyo. <laughs> um. But do you remember going into Iron Man like the first Iron Man with any expectations on the theater? Because ten years ago, that's kind of fuzzy at this point. So I'm wondering. Um if you knew anything about Tony Stark and his background, or if you were just walking in to see a cool superhero movie. I think this was about two months before The Dark Knight came out. Mm-hmm. Anyone wants to start? I think so, yeah. 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 So, I actually watched 
which I think might be true for a lot of fans. Like, I watched Iron Man after, like, 2008, essentially. Like, this might not be true for most people, but, like, I I watched Iron Man 2, and then, like, all those movies from Avengers, and then I think I watched Iron Man, the first Iron Man before Iron Man 3, and so that's around, like, 2013. And by that point, like, Newtown happened, um, the... Eras, I think the Dark Knight Rises, like, theater yeah, shooting Aurora, happened. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Arizona. Oops. But, like, at the at that point, violence and, like, shootings had sadly become to be, start, had sadly started to become, like, almost normal, which is kind of sad. So I feel like it was almost as, like, a passing thing. You know, like, yes, Iron Man was an arms dealer, and, you know, that's not... It felt like not strange anymore watching it in 2012, 2013. But you never really made that association? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I mean, I was young. I wasn't as into Marvel as I was now. But I think at that time, I just, with everything going on in the news, I would almost began to see it as, like, almost normalized. Like, it's just like, oh, that's okay, you know? It's Marvel. They're doing great. This must be a good movie because... It's Marvel at that point. So. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so just like just like the crazy frequency of things happening in the news, you know, it wasn't um, it wasn't a natural thing to kind of um, think about. Oh, you know, Tony Stark used to make a lot of weapons, and that's a bad business. Uh, but uh, what about you, Anthony? I'm wondering your um, my my whole take. So like, I grew up in a so I uh, to add to this, I grew up in a very conservative family. So, like, the, the type of family that says, like, oh, we should just bomb the entirety uh, of the Middle I've East. I've heard about them, so, yes. Yes. So, so that adds to a lot of, like, what type of – what media I was influenced by as a kid um, combined with what I was understanding about what was going on in 2008. I mean, we were – towards the end, I mean, the Iraq War is, is – and the and Afghanistan is, is pretty in, pretty interesting – it like because it, it's like it never really ended. Mission accomplished. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like I I always was just like oh here we are in the Middle East again. There's people to kill, people to die, all that stuff. Um, I kind of was just like oh he doesn't like guns anymore. Have Whoops. have you ever thought about how they used um because I I want to say the the comics used uh Vietnam. Um, as the mm-hmm. uh, kind of the, the like setup it, for yeah. how he became Iron Man. Um, mm-hmm. Was that something you were thinking about? When was was it in Afghanistan or Iraq? I don't remember. The- uh, they were. I, I believe it was Afghanistan. Okay. It makes more sense that they were in Afghanistan because yeah. um, because of it was. It's Afghanistan is more of a mountainous region than Iraq, right? Um, and the way that the Jericho missiles first went off was just like oh. They're in their hidey holes and all that stuff or something mm, like that. Yeah. And um, that was a big thing with Afghanistan yeah. and Al-Qaeda. Um, so, um, uh, what was it? Um, so, relating it back to Vietnam, I think the two, the like, the Iraq War and Afghanistan are two, I mean, Iraq War, Afghanistan combined, um, and then Vietnam are the wars that we lost. And there was such a massive death toll. And such a like I didn't really realize this until after because I was just a kid experiencing um like oh yep, 
there's war going on somewhere far away. I don't know about it, and people are dying, and it's kind of like, well, this is what happens. Um, so I kind of like the the connection between the two is like is is there, and it makes a lot yeah. of sense between Vietnam and Iraq right. uh, and Afghanistan. Uh, Eric, put me in the shoes of uh, eighth grade Eric uh, in two thousand eight. Well, what was going on there? Uh, in relation okay, to so the movie. There, yeah, I do have to do a couple biographical things. So I was raised <laughs> as a Quaker. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. Just, yeah. Oh, the Quakers! Just to start there. Um, and I, even by eighth grade, I was falling out of the religious aspect of it, but I still consider myself a, a pacifist. I still adhere to a lot of the moral parts of it. Right. Yeah. Um. So... I, I wouldn't say I wasn't conscious of the fact that the hero of this movie, for a living, made missiles built out of other missiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and at first you're supposed to just be, like, having fun with him sleeping with journalists and killing people through mm-hmm. his weapons. Yeah. Like, and I, I... But at the same time, you know, I was an eighth grade boy... And I was getting into movies, which meant that all my friends who were into movies, i.e. dudes, were telling me, like, the best movies of all time were, like, Fight Club and The Usual Suspects. So. (laughs) Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't say I went into it being ready to be, like, you know, afterwards coming out to my friends being like, you know, war is bad. (laughs) But. I I I think the idea was in my mind, but I was more than willing to just shove that aside so I could watch things blow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you weren't coming out of the theater being like, let me tell you something about the uh, military-industrial complex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was wasn't really like, doing that. Yeah, I was more like, hey, was that Samuel L. Jackson at the end? Uh, <laughs> it's... It's interesting thinking about that opening scene again when he's in the Jeep, and then it's it's this very... Um, casual, very, like, comical war light movie. It, it's like it's this is very light scene of him like sharing this moment with um the soldiers, and then it just totally escalates to all of them being brutally shot to death, and then um, I see, well blown up. Yeah, I mean like some of like they were shot, and then he, yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. out of the jeep, and yeah. then the uh, what was it, it was a, his missile, a missile of some sort with Stark Industries, um. You know, he, he sees the logo, and it kind of does, like, a little snap zoom, if I remember correctly. And I remember... Doesn't he say, oh, shit? Yeah, I, I remember people in the theater actually laughing at that moment. Because, like, oh, it's irony, because it's his own um, missile. But, missile. Um, you know, it it, mm-hmm. it it was a very, like, revelatory moment for him. Um, so... Man, I was I was just thinking about um, Eric. You were saying how it, you know it's this movie of this dude just killing these people, and um, the moral dilemma that you usually see in like DC movies, you know, like oh, we can't kill, like we're better than that. Uh, not a thing that ever shows up in these movies. I feel. yeah, he, there's um, a, there's a scene where he shoots several men in the head at once. Yeah, yeah. The um, the um, the scene where he saves like this. Um, this village in the middle of the movie in the first movie um and he's just you know just just no <laughs> no hesitation and it's like this very heroic this very 
this like American fantasy of like this rich man uh coming into this uh this ravaged village and oh you know white saber and, and you know like saving the day um and you know they're all thanking him and they're all smiling and happy it's just such a I don't know. We never really talk with everything going on with the MCU these days. I feel like we just totally forgot about that. Yeah, and then don't forget that, yeah. like, by the next movie, he's ended the whole war. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he is. Uh, I have officially privatized, uh, privatized world, world peace. peace. Yeah. Does anyone want to talk about that scene in the second movie in um, like the what the uh, what is it like this congressional panel? Yeah. Um, anyone have any thoughts on that? Because that's just there was a lot going on there. <laughs> I just... In general, so... I try to avoid talking about Iron Man too. Actually, <laughs> okay. so, yeah. So, so it's almost... interesting because the Iron Man cycle kind of follows along with how like our military engagements were. Because Iron Man two was when we kind of like everyone's out of Iraq and Afghanistan, or like the majority of people were, and then Iron Man three happens when ISIS became a big thing. Mm. So it kind of like like it just like the cycle followed what was actually happening. So wait, what what point in the cycle was Iron Man two? Because I always saw it as like Iron Man two was when we was when like a majority of our soldiers were being pulled out, right? Of 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 Iraq and Um, because I'm I'm really interested in the like I I've always um I don't know I I revisited Iron Man two um. You know, I think it was like a year ago when I was kind of like, you know what, I I'm okay with this movie. I kind of get what was going on because it was, mm-hmm. you know, every Iron Man movie is basically about a different existential crisis that Tony Stark has, and this mm-hmm. one is kind of like, wow. Um, I think our like Iron Man on the surface might be like making my life better, but it's really making my life a total mess. Um, and, you know, the criticism is that there's so many plot threads going on, but at the same time, that kind of goes to exemplify how much of his life is a mess, and, um, a lot of the things revolve around, um, you know, especially when you're talking about, you know, the government trying to get a suit, um, Sam Rockwell, uh, Justin Hammer, sorry, um, trying to make his own suit, and then... Uh, Mickey Ward coming in with his suit. Yes, sure. Uh, Mickey Ward coming in with his um, own suit, kind of in in this whole revenge plot line. And, um, you know, Rhodey eventually kind of taking responsibility. Like, he he takes the suit when Tony's being drunk at his birthday party. Um, All probably undercooked plot lines, but they all um, depict this this escalation, like like an arms race. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know where I was going with that. I was, I think I just wanted to reach that conclusion. I think, yeah, go ahead. I think you were trying to, like, look at, like, the bigger thing of, like, oh, look what this movie actually did than what it, like, was trying to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think the movie was trying to be, like, an arms race, but it accidentally did that by being a combination of a bunch of plot lines that weren't that great. Or weren't that developed? And in the end, isn't that all of art? They they all accidentally have meaning by the end. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You did it, Marvel Studios. Iron Man Two is a legitimate piece of art. Um, Iron Man Two is the best Marvel movie. You've heard it here. Don't first. Don't go that far. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so like, crazy. In reality, like most, even like the really crap Marvel movies are better than most. Oh yeah, movies. absolutely. I just remember um 
watching that movie in the theater and uh, people kind of calling it, even before, for some reason they were saying this before Iron Man 3 was even out, but they were like, yeah, it felt like a very awkward middle child of a trilogy. <laughs> um, and that kind of makes sense. Like, it was very, you know, like, hey, here's Nick Fury and Natasha Romanoff. Like, Avengers 1 still happening, guys. Get ready for that. Hey, look, we got a hammer in New Mexico. Um, Did you know Pepper wait, wait, Potts has time. a strawberry allergy? You do now. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> With the weird, like, spinning thing on her desk. And, that scene is so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, I I wrote this list about jarring scenes uh-huh. for in the MCU. Right. And I rewatched specifically that one, and there's... <laughs> It never you never know what they're doing with it. Like you're never you never know what you're supposed to feel. You never know what this is even about. It's just kind of Tony being like, Hey at Pepper for four minutes. Yeah, that that summarizes that movie a lot because I mean I I, <sighs> I, I get the um the improvisational vibe that the first one had, but for some reason it just didn't work in the second one because they're just like there are there are I can think of like two or three scenes that fit that description, Eric. Like it's it's just Pepper and Tony just talking like over each other and like sometimes the camera's just static and it's like they don't even know what's going to happen in the scene. They're just jabbering. Yeah, the things on. they do with Pepper in that movie are pretty bad. Yeah, it's like, it's a strange thing. Um, yeah, I'd, like you compare Pepper Potts and Iron Man Two to Iron Man Three. And, like, Iron Man 3, she does all this stuff at the very end. I probably don't need to remind you. Yeah. (laughs) And in Iron Man 2, she's mainly there to, like, scream when (laughs) things happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then it's such a weird thing thinking of how pivotal that movie is for, like, um, putting those characters in a certain place for future movies. But, uh, I don't know. Iron Man 2 is a weird thing. Um, It's really interesting to me thinking um, about... The uh, the John Favreau Iron Man movies, the first two, and thinking of how how much closer it was to the real world, um, mm-hmm. because they even you know they, like random like here's Jim Cramer in a little bit in Iron Man one, and they had um, Iron Man two had a bit like after Pepper becomes CEO, it had like Bill O'Reilly on um, the yeah. O'Reilly factor, same scene that we were just talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, Iron Man 2, I think that was the movie before Thor came in, so that was, like, Mm -hmm. when, you know, it went, the MCU went a different direction after that. Um, so I'm wondering, um, do the Iron Man, the first two Iron Man movies feel weird to watch now, knowing, um, does it feel more or less grounded than what came afterwards, and, um... You know, does it kind of? Does it... I actually don't yeah, think so. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that a lot of the movies kind of like fantastical, like fantastical. fantastical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In the sense of like, it's it like it it gives off this aura of what's supposed to be real, but it's not. It's not how anything actually works. Whereas like, it, but whereas like with the rest of the MCU, you kind of have an understanding of this is supposed to be ridiculous. And this is supposed to be kind of like, you know, make-believe, but there are, like, significant elements that make it seem realistic. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's the opposite yeah. where it's the opposite <laughs> with um, with Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Does that make sense? I think so, yeah. I think, and I think I to, it's so grounded. To, I mean, to, I just want to add to that point. Um, so 
I remember if you guys remember back in September when those CIA files were just released, where they found that the CIA directly influenced a bunch of Hollywood films and TV shows. Um, Iron year. Man is specifically targeted as one of those films. I'm trying to figure out what they specifically added into that film, or what they specifically changed, or if they add, or if they try to make themselves or make the government seem more positive in that regard. But knowing that the CIA had some artistic, I mean, the word artistic is a little weird, but had some uh, say in what was actually written, um, kind of diminishes what the movie was going for in the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not a comforting yeah. thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, so, like, the movie has this whole, like, m like push of, like, government, uh, like, like, you know, uh, governments buying third, uh, like, like, uh, weapon manufacturers, like, having contracts with weapon manufacturers, and then those weapons are used to kill, uh, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and then those weapon manufacturers also sell weapons to the bad guys, and then it's just a bunch of the same weapons going back and forth. They th that that whole thing is kind of just like thrown out the window because the government had a say in what was actually written in the movie. Yeah, and there is that now. There's that conversation that he has with the reporter where she's grilling him about it, and he's like, well, guess what? Military funding does all this good stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. So, like, like, like a lot of people say, like, oh, like, what are, look at all the great things. It's like, well, these are severely bad things, and just trying to ignore the the bad things by saying good things doesn't actually make it right. And so, yeah. Yeah, because they want him to come from a place where he's not a good person at the beginning. But they mm -hmm. also don't want to depict him as, like, an unlikable or an actively bad exactly. person. They want him to be yeah. like, I didn't know my weapons were going to the enemy. I thought they were just going to the His, U.S. military. The, the, the flaw is not that he owns a a weapons manufacturer company, manufacturing company and that he only cares about money. His flaw is that he only cares about money. His Yeah, his flaw is that he isn't, like... He isn't aware that it's going to the bad guys. It would be fine yeah, so, if it was so, just going to the good guys. I mean, I, I kind of yeah. saw it as like a, a blissful ignorance. Like, I, I feel like he knew yeah. what was going on, but he, but having that experience, that first scene where he actually sees it with his own eyes, is kind of what um, reversed that, I guess. But uh, yeah, and his his own created demons coming back to bite him are like the number one thematic through line for his character arc, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, his entire, and, I mean, like, his entire thing is that, I mean, like, all the way up until Infinity War. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally, all the way up to Infinity War, it's Kill. everything he creates, uh, or wants to create, will end up hurting him in some way. And the people he loves. Yeah, I mean, like, it physically happens to him at the end of Infinity War. And his, at the beginning of his, Iron Man. I mean, yeah. and at the beginning of Iron oh, Man. I mean, like, his yeah. physical, his physical suit stabs him in the end, in it, at the Ooh. end of Infinity War. Yeah, well, Thanos breaks it and then stops. You know, I just put all like, these pieces together. Yeah. I just, I mean, like it's, but it's his physical suit. 
So yeah. it's Ultron. I, I just put all these pieces together right now. Iron I didn't Man think about this ahead of time. Was a guy he rejected in the past. Yeah, it's all because of mistakes he made. Except for Iron Man Two, where it's just a guy his dad didn't get along with. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a stark problem. It was still. <laughs> I mean, I, I I felt that the the whole plot. Since, it's the whole sins of the father. Oh, uh, them the, Stark boys. That's yeah. the whole stereotype. Getting in like trouble with thing. international weapons <laughs> manufacturers again. <laughs> the plot line of his, um, the, the arc reactor was poisoning him, so being Iron Man was literally killing him, which I, uh, now that I think oh, yeah. about it, it's yeah. such, like, an overt, like, obvious, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> not it's like, that lasts for a little while, and then they're like, oh, I'll just make a new element that, I, that my dad hid, hid inside a miniature model of an amusement park. Yes! Do you know what would have made Iron Man 2 ten times better? Uh, pl- him... Please do. Please go ahead. I want to know. Well, adding a scene of him actually doing something in the suit. What do you mean? Like the entire movie, he's complaining. He is. Uh, he's he's talking about fixing him. His he's trying to build the thing. He's talking to other people about uh about like uh all the rest of the universe. Um, he's fighting Whiplash, but there's no like you kind of you 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 start the movie off with like oh I privatize world peace. I, uh, you guys want the suit, you guys can't have it. What has he done in the suit other than what happened in the first movie? Well, he yeah, donuts what... in it at one point. Well, it's been six months since the first movie and Iron Man 2. So you theorize that he's done Well, like, heroics. so, like, how long is the dis- how long is the difference between Age of Ultron and, and Winter Soldier? Because the first sequence of, like year, of Age of Ultron, because the first sequence of Age of Ultron is, like, pretty cool. Imagine if you had, like, a sequence like that with Iron Man. Cool. So you want to actually see him privatizing world peace? Well, I mean, like <laughs> that, that's just like a part of. I, I thought that, like one of the big problems. I've been trying to figure out what Iron the hell. I've been trying to figure out what the hell he no, means. There was no big like awesome fight sequence, uh, other than the end. Oh yeah, I was about to say. What about the end? <laughs> but like, even the end wasn't that great. Uh, but did you see that? Cool CGI of the suitcase armor going on him. I mean, that oh was yeah, that's rad. a big one. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Why don't they have the suitcase uh... armor? But like, <laughs> like I don't know. I I, I love how the Iron Man, but not was... a suitcase. Yeah, uh... <laughs> like just wristbands. Yeah, I mean that's that that's kind of the thing with um Iron Man through the MCU. It's it's like all of the directors trying to one up each other and making a cool suit up scene. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like seriously, that's literally what that is. Yeah. Where's um, that? Um, you sent us that like Reddit post, right? Of all of, um Iron Man suit up. Someone, ranked. yeah, someone ranked. Uh, I think it was more not not really the suit, it's more specifically when the helmet like closes <laughs> and makes the clank noise <laughs> and just ranking <laughs> ranking every instance of that. I have to find that at some point because that was uh, that was really quality. amazing. Because the worst one, in my personal opinion, is the Infinity War one. Oh, the micro, like the nano. Because there was no clank, there was no clank, there and was it was no clank. <laughs> it was CGI as fuck. Like in in like the first time I saw it, I was just like, "Oh, that looks so bad. That looks so bad." It's just I so hate... slow. Like, it's why just, is it so it's slow? So, wait, it, it, wait, the, wait, the slowness wait. of it, the slowness of it, made it look worse. 
He was like slowly taking off his sunglasses, like in slow motion. But it was like no, like time. I think I think the slowly taking it off and then the suit building around him was kind of cool. <laughs> it's the first time you see him head on, where like you see oh, kind sure. of like the thing cover his face, and you're just like, oh, okay. that's bad. I did like the scene at the end. I did like the the bin the end when Thanos rips off his helmet and like another helmet grows. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought that was it's like cool. a Russian doll or something cool. yeah, like and, that. And or... because it's like nanotechnology, it's on his legs and he moves yeah, up from his legs yeah. into his arms. Uh, yeah, that's, cool. that's a cool visual. Also, someone. But also, I think it's, I think it's the same kind of effects they do for the Black Panther suits. Oh yeah, and I didn't. That's true. I didn't think that CGI yeah. was great either. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. There was a problem. There's a lot of problems with the CGI in Black Panther. I mean, even like um, um, Age of Ultron, uh, the the whole climactic third act, like when they're in Sokovia, like Iron Man's suit in that whole sequence looked very off to me for some reason. I mean, I had a lot of problems with the CGI in that movie. Like, I like that opening scene. I guess is kind of cool, but parts of it just look weird because they're trying to do like the one take thing. So, and... so, so this, the CGI in the MCU from the beginning to now has never been yeah, good then. Um... It's always been fine. It's always been fine. They're, they're, spe- they're spending <laughs> too much on, on keeping that's... Robert Downey Jr. in the cast. That's that's where the money well, goes. That's, that's well, very and, true. And, well, the big problem is, is it's not necessarily money, it's time. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, they're cranking these things and it's, out. It's how they're cranking them out. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's and also, I think when that's... I think when they go back into kind of like the two year, the two or the like, like if they go back to the two year cycle, two per, uh, per every, two per year, yeah. two per year cycle, it will make the CGI better. It's also but this that's is part a... of why the directors come onto the project and a lot of the fight scenes have already been blocked out. Yeah, like the the pre visualization artists have mm-hmm. already started working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the that they do that with the Star Wars movies now too. They like yeah. the directors are really there to direct performance from the actors, not the CGI fight scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to just keep the the shooting schedule on, like like the uh, oh. Anyway, Iron Man. Um, yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, Weapons, <laughs> violence. Yes, uh, the fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, was was. Were the Iron Man movies like pro and anti anything? Like, what what were your conclusions on what messages, if any, those movies might have had? Was it more about, about the character, or did it, did it like have anything to say about um... specifically the military industrial complex? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's pro or anti anything. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah. I think it wants to structure its characters as being a part of it, but mm-hmm. not necessarily pro or anti it. Yeah, because if it shows if it shows any pro or anti it, it will. It will like not. What's the word? It'll like, alienate. Like thank certain... you. The word alienate. That's the word. Yeah. It'll, it will alienate some group of people, and they do not want to do that. And this exactly. was the first. And these were the first two movies of like of the MCU. They want. Uh, they want to well, like ride that centrist three. line of never really of finding some kind of golden mean between them. Exactly. Exactly. It's like you know what. I can't. I I can't. I'm gonna say it. You know what? It's like it's like Taylor Swift yes. not really commenting about the 2016 election, like because. Her fan base is both people who are Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. That's how I'm going to baseline it. She sure. can't really, like, in her case, she can't really pick a side because she's definitely going to alienate someone. And Anthony is right. It's the first two movies of the MCU. If you automatically say guns are bad or guns are good, you're going to set that tone for your fan base and the entire franchise. Because, like, let's say... I, if Iron Man 2, for example, sets, like, a anti-terrorist message, then every movie after Well, that... it's not anti-terrorist. It would be anti-government message. Yeah. Like, not not anti-government in the sense of, like, 
government explosions are bad, but like, uh, oh wait, no, yes, government explosions are bad. If it says government explosions are bad, but not government is like, if it says government is bad, some people will be like, some people on one side will be okay with it. Like on both sides would be okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. The way that I'm describing it is I mean, you see this kind of stuff in The Punisher. You see this kind of stuff in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. The Avengers, Mm -hmm. even. They want, they, it's, they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too, where they can, they, they can use these fun weapons, but they can also go like, but you know, we don't actually support like massive violence on anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, the problem with being, like, well, we're not going to say we're pro or anti the military-industrial complex is, like, you should be anti the (laughs) military-industrial complex. Yeah. It's a bad thing. Mm, Yeah. So... But at the same time, like, with Marvel's past, like, Captain America has now become a symbol for America, because it's Captain America. So oftentimes, I feel like I've seen, like, conservatives wear, like, Captain America's shield shirts, and so... But they don't. But this. they don't really understand that, like, like he's being co-opted by some group, even though that, like, that group of people is like okay with Nazis, even though that he punches Nazis in the comics. This is a different. This is a different conversation. <laughs> We're going uh, off track. Yeah, that actually um, that but... plays into the Punisher well too, because are, are we allowed to talk about the Punisher well, yet? Well, I actually, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say like Iron Man three is. Completely different from Iron Man yeah. Two, and Iron I, Man I love Iron Man Three. I will and say that the one message I got out of Iron Man Three was that a lot of like international, uh, like fights that the U.S. gets in are funded by white superpowers. Yep, that's what that's okay. I guess we're talking about Iron Man Three, not the yeah. Punisher, and I'm okay yeah. with that <laughs> because Iron Man Three is a great movie yes, because we talked about mm-hmm. how. These these conflicts get set up by Iron Man's past or his own creations, mm-hmm. that kind of deal. He Iron Man three gets taken takes that to a more thematic level because I feel like the one thing that everyone criticizes with Iron Man three is the Mandarin twist. That's the one thing that gets made fun of the most online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the problem with the Mandarin is that the whole thing is fucking super racist yeah yeah the walking stereotype it's yeah it is like it was it was made by white people it's Uh a it's a villain that was made by white people from america to demonize others they he literally had a monologue about fortune cookies and how that's like a an american invention (laughs) yep (laughs) and turning that into yeah the mandarin literally is an american invention in the fiction he was literally created by corporate interests because they want to profit off of and 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 then but then like yeah and then we have like real life actual instances of that where we have like the iran contra situation where it's like we funded paramilitary death squads in the central america because we could wasn't the Uh, wasn't the taliban initially armed by the cia to fight uh, the Soviets? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We create a lot of these. That's what the American military does. I saw Charlie Wilson's War for uh, high school history class. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Like, yeah. Rambo 3. Turning, uh, taking, taking I mean, like, if, I mean, like you, go ahead, you can go look ahead. at, like, history with the UK, with Germany, of constantly doing this in, like, Africa, South America, Central America. Of just like, hey, we'll give you guys money. Just make sure that you give us some of your shit. Or you make sure that you put your specific group in power. 
because they're going to be nice to us. Yeah, it's and usually what they really just want to do is destabilize the thing because they like that's what they want to do. It's not really exactly. about make they don't really like these guys. They're just trying to destabilize the other guys. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, just handing out weapons to everybody and not doing anything for the end game isn't a great idea. Yep. Yep. And taking a character who is at his core conception advertised as a stereotype of the whole terrorist archetype and turning that into yeah it was actually just a an american guy trying to sell his drug like makes it like that, that hey, i love that i think that's actually really cool i think, I think the problem with the mandarin twist though well. is that guy pierce is i mean personally guy pierce is not was not great in this movie I think that's what most... I think I was, like, the fault with the Mandatrix, in my opinion. But I do think it's interesting how... Like, we've been saying that with Iron Man and Iron Man 2, like, they can't really, you know, pick a certain stance. With Iron Man 3, I feel like they've developed more of a stance on it. They're not sort of... They're, they're not sort of neutral about it anymore. Like, they decided to make a bigger stance because they are that confident. Like, they're more confident now, like... The Avengers came out, made a bunch of money, and like they can say what they think. It's also it's probably because mm-hmm. of Shane Black as well. Yeah, it's because but... they started trusting writer directors more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I really. So I know this is kind of a non sequitur, but I would really love Shane Black to come back and do a buddy cop movie with uh, Sam and Bucky, and then just doing like a fun little adventure thing. Because I'm assuming Cap dies, just them going out and just do like, a one cut. shot. Bring one or, shot. No, 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 not a one shot. I want a full movie <laughs> of them like teaming up and doing like like a, a Christmas, you know, adventure. Yeah, just make it the nice guys spy. too. Yeah. The nice guys. Just, just the nice guys Sam too. Look, they have an arm thing again. Like something <laughs> happens and he can't use his arm. So because like an EMP goes no, off yeah, and his, no, it's make, just, make, his arm just doesn't work. Wait, make make Rocket the villain because he sold Bucky's arm. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait. So, wait. I know Um, it, they were supposed to make Rebecca Hall the villain, and I want to say it was, like, the Mar- the then Marvel creative committee that no longer exists. They they vetoed it and said, no, girls, girl villains don't sell toys, I think. Um, yes. What was... I mean, they vetoed a lot of things because yeah. girls yeah. don't sell toys. Yeah. What, what, was, um, what was Guy Pierce's plan? Because I'm struggling to remember the actual, like, uh, the, the catch-all, like, pitch. What was the elevator pitch of his plan? Was it to... Was it the- I am the Mandarin! So he's so he's making this drug the extremist thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Let's you do Straight things up. like blow things up and heal quickly. <laughs> yeah. Which would sell pretty well to people in an armed conflict. Breathe fire, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly explode. how the Mandarin was supposed to ignite this. Right? Oh, no, 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 because he was. He I think was it was like a it was like a decoy ploy, essentially. He wa- he wa- he wanted to, so so. I think that what it was was like he wanted to kill the president because the vice president uh, wanted the wanted to fund the project. Yeah, that was because it, it could help heal his daughter. And yep. because then they could use it for the military. I don't yeah, because with the vice president's approval having taken over after the president dying, they'd get a nice fat military contract, military funding, baby, and then yeah. sell it to other like the enemies of the U.S. as well. So like that's why he initially went like and attacking Stark was one of the ways to do it. Yeah, because like because he hated him. That's it. Yeah, there you go. 
So if he abandoned him on a rooftop at a party one time. Yeah, because he looked like a fucking dork. It's very, very syndrome in Gables One. Wait, were they tar- were they it targeting is, him to begin is. with, or did he, or did he antagonize the Mandarin to have them like fight him? He like yelled his address on. Oh, wait, he did yell started? his address, but yeah. So like he yelled his address because he got into because uh, Happy yeah. was injured in the, for one of those explosions. But what? Oh, okay. So I'm just trying to think because I haven't seen the movie in a while. It's got a new view um, of Anthony's shirt. Nevada. Yeah. Color. Color. Just laptop shirt. Color down. Colorado. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Um so what I was thinking was, okay, uh so the movie starts off kind of with uh Guy Pierce's character going into going to Stark and saying, Hey, what's up? Yes. Uh, <laughs> saying, Here, I got this cool tech. You guys should get it. You guys should invest in it. And they were like, nah, we're good. Well, no, thanks. no. <laughs> and then um, Tony sent Happy to go follow one of the guys. And then as he was following the guy, then the explosion happened. And then. Which was claimed uh, by the Mandarin. And so. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then Tony said, Mandarin, come at me. This is my um, home address. There is no exactly. way this will backfire. <laughs> so if, if Tony didn't send Happy to go investigate, would there have. What would have Guy? What have, what would have Guy Pierce's character done? I think he still probably would have taken out Tony Stark at some point. But he mainly would have gone for the president. Though, yeah, right? I mean that, and that plan probably would have gone off without a hitch. To be yeah. honest, after rewatch the Stan movie, oh, man. <laughs> it's been so long. Gotta rewatch the entire Iron Man franchise. Yeah. Um, unless, unless, unless we're getting this all wrong, and then someone's gonna yell at us on no, the internet. No, I'm pretty sure we've got it. Pretty much right, actually. Uh, I don't think we can get anything wrong. We're uh, Yeah, perfect. I'm pretty sure I've never been wrong in my life, actually. Yeah, I, I think, so I think the idea was that they wanted to keep his plan hidden so that you didn't see the twist coming. Yeah. And that's true. No one did. I didn't see which, you which is which, see which, No, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Which <laughs> makes this movie kind of, like, not very Shane Black-ish because it's with Shane Black's movies, all of the instances and all the characters are interconnected in a really fun, uh, ridiculous way. So that by the end of the movie, all the lo- all the storylines intersect, and and it's all and it just and it comes together really well. With this, you don't see the through line from the beginning because it's part of like a massive giant universe mm-hmm. as well as trying to keep this giant twist that has uh, cultural significance. Like, the Mandarin is a villain. Mm-hmm. That's the cultural significance. They didn't want to reveal that or, like, have some sort of inkling of it early on. Otherwise, the whole movie would just been poop and people would have been angry from the beginning. Oh, and boy, people were angry. Um, yes. So, But the one-shot fixed it, right? Oh, sure. Um, sort of. People liked it. Yeah, yeah. I bet Ben Kingsley as a drunken, washed-out British actor is always funny. Yeah, that was great. Ben Kingsley's just a great actor. Oh yeah. Was... I remember the time he played Gandhi. Yeah, where he, t- where he um, clocked in that like small percentage playing, of Indian playing heritage. a classic, playing a clack, a classic uh, Olivier moment uh, of <laughs> playing a person of color. Oh, now it's ruined. Um, 
Yeah, who can ever forget his fantastic performances in films like Blood Rain and Prince of Persia, Santa Time. Ender's um, Game. And Oh, he was in Ender's Game. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. Um, so, I, uh, last, Iron Man 3 point. So, wait, was Guy Pierce's goal to privatize war, like how Tony was trying to privatize World Peace? Like, yeah, basically. Yeah, okay, which, yeah. And, like, <laughs> so interesting. You know, war is an economy, like, first yeah. and foremost. That's yeah. why it has so many supporters. Yeah. It war makes, is a business. It makes a lot of people a lot of money. Wow. And, like... I feel like a lot of the villains in the MCU have, like, pretty outlandish reasons. Yeah. But, like, this guy is literally just a war profiteer, something that we've had so many of in human mm-hmm. history. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Also, should oh. we talk about him getting rid of his suits? Oh, sure. Yeah. We haven't touched up on that. Shane Black destroys all the Iron Man suits at the end of mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah. In something that is later completely retconned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I really like, I really like that ending of it, because I think that's Shane Black just going like, actually, all these implements of war aren't that great, Mm -hmm. and we should move on from them. Then, and then the MCU kind of went like, "Mm." but you can't do that, because we got some money to make. (laughs) We got an Avengers movie coming up. (laughs) We got this thing called, uh, Infinity War. We got this, we got this gag in the Spider-Man movie where he's not really there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he eased up, because it's not like he had, like... What, he was, like, at suit, like, 42 by Iron Man 3, and he was only yeah. in Mark 6 at, in Avengers, and there's only, like, a, what, six-month difference? So, at least it's just, like, at least he chilled out a bit. I mean, I think the clean slate protocol, like, the phrasing of that, um, it wasn't, I'm done making suits forever protocol, so, I don't know. It's um, a start over. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think you could argue that that's what Shane Black was going sure, for. Sure, yeah. You know, he's not the one who owns the, char- the character. Like, Yeah, th- there was a quote, like, apparently Joss Whedon uh, was watching a test screening of Iron Man 3, and he said something along the lines of, what am I supposed to do for this next movie now? And people were like, oh, that's because the climax was so good, he doesn't know how to top that. And everyone was like, oh, no, it's because he destroyed all the suits. <laughs> so... Uh, man, Odie's Voltron turned out to be a... Anyway, mo- okay. moving on, moving on. Uh, <laughs> to sum up, uh, I- the Iron Man series is the Taylor Swift of the MCU, and that's the only conclusion <laughs> we've made. Uh, <laughs> I'm crying inside. <laughs> um, but you know what isn't basic? The Punisher. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I want to start off with Netflix in general, because uh, with Daredevil being the first uh, series... Um, so I feel like the promotional material really, um, sold this, this darker, bloodier, um, take on the MCU, and, you know, like, those first two or three episodes are, like, pretty gnarly, but I think the, the first time the violence really hit me was this opening scene of, like, I think episode three or four, where this guy like beats another guy to death with a bowling ball. Oh Do you guys yeah, remember that, that? Whole thing. Yeah. Later on, he just like slams his head into he a did. He to did. He did. Oh yeah. Back when like they were not saying Wilson Fisk's name, like he was Voldemort, like he must not be named. It was like, no, I can't let him get. And then he freaking, without hesitation, just like shoves his head in a spike. 
Um, that was a lot of buildup for that Vincent <laughs> yeah. D'Onofrio performance. That was not that much of a thing. It was all right. I. It was fine. It wasn't like he had moments. Um, it wasn't like I'm going to kill myself rather than speak his name. Yeah, levels um, of like grandeur. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Um, decapitating someone with a car door. Um, yeah. That also staring at a painting. <laughs> Listening to classical music, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So, getting dinner with a nice lady. Yeah, yeah. Going to yep yeah, the the curator of the of said uh, gallery. Um, Speaking pretty bad Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of parts uh, from, that Wilson yeah, just does in that series. I remember them because I watched. Oh, them. you missed our um, race episode. <laughs> the race episode. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh yeah. How did that a white man to get involved in this race episode? <laughs> Do you remember Sigourney oh, Weaver in Defenders saying, um, "God, what the hell did she say?" I don't even want to try to say it because I was sound... it bad Chinese. Uh, there's a lot of that. There's, there's like there's bad <laughs> Spanish in the in Daredevil. There's a lot of white people speaking languages that they did not speak before filming this TV series. <laughs> um. So like, what was going through your minds when you just saw like this more? When you saw hardcore violence in an MCU property, like did, was it, um, was it shocking? Was it did it inspire any feelings, or or were you just like kind of desensitized from other television shows and movies that you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I think I was desensitized by other Netflix yeah. shows, right? Specifically, remember, I mean, remember the scene in Daredevil when Kingpin bashed the guy's head in? Yeah, we mentioned that awesome. like yeah. two minutes ago. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, they pulled a real Zoolander right there, dude. Um, but uh, I remember during the interviews they were saying um, they were calling this type of violence because um, they were like, "Oh, this isn't like rated R, like Walking Dead, people getting eating stuff. This is more." Like, um, they said PG fifteen. They said PG fifteen. Yeah, that's what they said. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. It, it just it it. What does it say about that show that um, it made that, like, the graphic and bloody violence, like, a staple of that? I think it's because it was so... I think it's because Netflix shows are primarily known for being so different than the MCU movies. Because at this point, like, MCU movies had just been, like, they were PG-13, like, they were... It's like they were still movies that they were still for kids. Like at this point, Disney owns. Like at this point, when the Netflix shows came out, Disney owned Marvel That's true, already. Yeah. So now it would. So I think it would kind of be natural to be surprised by Disney, like giving the green light to this really dark. Yeah, I don't like, think these they really would dark do it shows. Either. I think like, you're right. Daredevil and like Jessica and like Jessica Jones, which like you know is very open about like. Its views on like sexual consent and those kind of issues is very open about that issue. I mean, I think- also remember there is a scene in Jessica Jones where someone's arms get shoved into a uh, food uh, <laughs> processor. A food processor. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. The 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 garbage disposal. So um, yeah, that's that's Disney. I mean, Je- yeah, Jessica Jones' main like thematic interest is like violation and sexual assault yeah. and like consent, starting consent. from there is Yeah. Yeah, uh, not not really a Disney show. I think I think it went rated R because they were 
they were being a Netflix show, right? Like they were taking advantage of the medium. Premium television. Exactly. Exactly. Like at the time, like, I assume like House of Cards, like was Narcos already out by the time Daredevil was released? I think, I don't remember about Narcos, but House of Cards was. Yeah. Like I think they, exactly, trying to capitalize on the market, like trying to take what made, like how House of Cards was so successful and trying to sort of incorporate that a little bit. Um, And I think like, I mean, speaking about like the speaking about the desensitization again, mm-hmm. I I used to watch um, Brian Fuller's Hannibal in high school, so I was just done. Like, <laughs> like fucking, you could like yeah, like, you could shove someone's arms in a meat grinder and be like, eh, that's cool. Like that's that's it. I think it, yeah, things. I think at this point, violent TV shows aren't all that shocking anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I still... it's more like the content, like itself like i know like this is sort of off topic but darren aronofsky's mother was not graphic for how like that have you guys watched it i have not like i know enough about it to know that i don't want to watch it yeah it's (laughs) it's i mean i don't like darren aronofsky in general but yeah what's he do black swan uh wrecking um mother but like there's not i don't think it wasn't like, it didn't stir controversy because of its violence, and, like, there's this huge, like, sort of pile-up sort of riot in this house. It's, it went viral and stir controversy and was graphic because of this one scene, which I don't want to spoil. Oh, I know what you're talking about, for. though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, but that's exactly it. It's, like, the, it's a situation itself that makes things graphic now, not yeah. just violence itself. It's gone more specific. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember watching, yeah. I remember watching Heroes. Remember Heroes? Uh, that that movie had like casual like decapitations and people getting the top of their head chopped off and stuff like that. Even, well, that was the only way to. That was, uh, was, well, that was the only way <laughs> someone could time. steal someone. That was the way that what's his name could steal their power. Yeah, Zachary Zachary Quinto, CMU alum. Um, even Agents of Shield, like the season one finale, had Bill Paxton. Like punching a guy in the chest, ripping out one of his ribs, and then stabbing him to death with it, which is like, you know, granted a very like um, Mortal Kombat cartoony way to kill someone violently, but I was like, dude, that's gnarly. I think pretty it's much ABC. as long as and, yeah. and networks nowadays, as long as you aren't showing like literal actual human blood, yeah, and like like actual, a little actual like, human body, and like watching someone's like bone break or something, yeah. like. As, as long as it's happening to a cyborg, or you don't actually see something break or yeah. ooze, like yeah. I think, I think they're pretty much ha- like there's that part in Agents of Shield where Coulson like presses a guy's chest yeah, into the ground and to him kill death. him. Yeah, yeah like robot that's... arm. <laughs> um, I think we see his arm like get chopped off, right? Yeah, you see like for a split At second, least... it's like this very like jump scare moment that was I think pretty effective. You see like like a little blood splatter but uh mm-hmm. you know it's it's a stump yeah it's not that it, it's oh no i'm just remembering like daisy's mom uh sky's mom getting like dissected by oh whatever anyway <laughs> that's <laughs> netflix yeah remember that um yeah it, i feel like the the hallmarks of like premium television is like you got blood and gore you got tna and people say the f-bomb and uh I guess yeah, for, I think for Disney reasons thing to remember yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. Like the MCU is a really violent place. Yeah, like it's yeah. a 
Like, there are constantly new threats to the entire world. There are, like, the people who are supposedly heroes are constantly under threat of getting killed. And as long as we don't actually see someone's brains on the floor, it's Uh not going to be rated R. Like... I like I think I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy has a kill count that's like above 500 people on screen. Yeah. Oh, cuz of Xandar. blowing up, yeah. All kinds of, like there um, there's there's a sequence of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the heroes shooting a machine gun and mowing down soldiers <laughs> in a line. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Uh, Groot stuck his tree hand through like yeah! 20 different people yeah. and then smiled. Yeah. But fun movie, right? Yeah, uh, just like kids' entertainment, what a, what a great, superhero great movies movie. for kids. They might not be pro or anti-military industrial complex, but they're pro fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys remember? Do you guys remember the John, that's the that's John Garrett episode? Do you guys remember the John Garrett death scene? Uh wait, Garrett is yeah. Bill Paxton in Bill Paxton. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Do you he remember how he died? Up, right. He's like, he's so what happens? Well, Lord body. shoots him and then he blows up, right? No, 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 no. What happens is he, he like, he's, he's almost dead and he climbs into the deathlock machine and then all the metal pieces start squeezing onto his body and he's like screaming and it's like really brutal. And then all of a sudden, Colson comes in with the, the revenge gun and then shoots him. But he's at, he's monologuing during it, which is the, be- the best yeah. part of that. You got me monologuing. Um,. So, oh man, we got syndrome all over the place. Yeah, I know, right? What a great, what a great villain! I gotta, I gotta rewatch that movie now after having, after being an adult. So. Do you remember how I, I remember being a kid and being like, "Holy shit, people are fucking dying in The Incredibles!" Like people getting blown up, and like syndrome got sucked into a jet turbine. Yeah, it and did. dies this violent death, and this is like the movie after Finding Nemo and like, yeah. Monsters Inc. Yeah, and it's all just to, it's all just to elaborate on its core thematic concept, which is don't wear a cape, <laughs> or else you will die a horrible, brutal death. Yeah. Um. So the Punisher showed up in Daredevil season two, um, and and a uh, good time was had by all. Oh yes, absolutely. Anthony, wasn't one of your favorites? I feel like you told me one of your favorite scenes was when he um, he's in that pawn shop, and this. Uh, uh, yeah, you want to describe it? Well, f- from what? Sorry, I was watching. Uh, what were you watching? Oh, first of all, tell. So I was watching. I was watching John Garrett's death scene, and it's very <laughs> funny. It's very funny. He's yeah. like standing with this. It yeah. wasn't the revenge gun that he used from the Avengers. It was uh, just this giant laser beam. It was from episode and, two of season one. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, "Hey guys, I found this," and he just shoot. He he like just shoots him, and it's like, "Up, oh, that's the end." He probably didn't even mention it to the other guys that he just killed Garrett. He was just like, "Yeah, I found the thing." No, no, he was. That's what it was like. He was just like, "Hey guys, I found this." Yeah. Um, um, do you, you know what scene I'm talking about in Daredevil season two? Uh, re 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 reiterate what you were he, saying. He was, I in a, he was in a pawn shop, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. It was who was in the pawn shop? Uh, Frank Castle, the the Punisher. Fuck! Re- <laughs> hold on, I'm let, let me pull up the scene again. Uh, he, he basically I, he, I can't he, remember he beats it. up a guy who implies that he has like child. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like he buys it. He goes in and he buys a gun. From the pawn shop. And this is, like, really, like, one of my favorite scenes of him as a character. He goes in, and he's, like, he buys a bunch of guns and stuff. And he's just, like, uh, hey, if you're going to, if like, he, he like, set, like, the, the pawn shop owner says something, like, really creepy. It's, like, hey, I got some, 
like weird like I don't know if he says like I got kid porn like if he has like kid porn or it's like weird cameras and stuff and then he's just like and he's doing that as he's walking out or no no he uh he has the bag on his shoulder and then he starts walking out but he doesn't he locks the door and then turns around and then takes out a baseball bat and then beats the shit out of him they don't yeah. actually show the beating, do they? They may just imply it, do they? No, I it's. An, I think it's implied. Yeah. And I think maybe they do a cut. All right, like, now I'm watching the scene. Zoom out <laughs> and like. <laughs> watching the scene. Well, I mean, I I was hoping you would just like explain why like that's such a favorite of yours. Like, what it, what is it about? Because it, it because it shows kind of his like he has values like it's the same thing with like dare uh, not Daredevil uh, with Deadpool like <laughs> like loving kids. Like just making sure that kids are okay. Sure. Um, and like if you in Daredevil in Deadpool two. Could have heard that better, but yeah. Yeah, um. I, I sorry, <laughs> all the words are coming out wrong. Uh, which is very funny to the movie because he does make a yes, line like that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I was I want to be I, I was I was in you. It's like no, I was in your shoes. Was uh, was like the violent, is... brutal beating part of that? Was that um. Was that was that an aspect of that that you liked, or it um, was because that that's it how he doles out justice, this dude. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's like kind of like the like the punching Nazis kind of part of me. It's like this person, mm. like there are certain people that are just un un uh, what's uh unredeemable, irredeemable, mm. um, and then those people are punished. There we <laughs> isn't there a isn't there a Punisher issue in the comics where he just kills a lot of KKK members? Oh yeah, probably. Oh man, that's because I tend to think that's the only time that the Punisher works, even as a semi-heroic figure, mm-hmm. when he's going after people where like literally only direct action could possibly do anything. So like one of the I don't I didn't see Daredevil see I mean uh, Punisher Punisher um. Okay. So I'm just giving that a little flat basis. Um, but I don't know if he kind of goes out of his way to, like, punch someone who's vehemently racist or, or like, beat the shit out of, like, terrible, like, sexually abusive people. Like, he'll only attack them when it's convenient. So I watched, I watched Punisher, but I haven't finished it. And as I've said, like, the show, as I said before... Um, I've watched, I've watched almost all of Hannibal, I loved Hannibal, like, and the show of The Punisher, Steve Lightfoot, that was, Hannibal is pretty much his most prominent work before working on The Punisher, mm-hmm. and, um, in the first episode of The Punisher, um, there's this sort of Mexican, I forgot, this, like, Mexican worker, um, who works at the construction, um, plant that, um, The Punisher, like, Frank Castle also works for. And this Mexican dude gets involved with some really just bad like other workers who get trying to run like a crime job, and this and they're guy also gets... huge assholes. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he gets caught like he drops his wallet, and then they find out who he is. And the other gang mem and like the other members of the construction crew um, are like, "Well, we gotta kill you because they know who you are because you dropped your ID." And they try to drop him in like this cement. Pit. It's actually kind of graphic if you think about it. And then mm. um, Frank Castle steps in, beats the shit out of the construction workers, throws them in the pit, 
and gives um gives the Mexican worker a bunch of money and says leave town. So <clears throat> it's still Frank Castle it's Frank Castle really exerting his own justice and I think that's what the core of the Punisher is. is. Yeah. But it's, it's his own justice own on justice. his own time. Exactly. And I think that's I think that's the important thing that I that should be addressed. It's like yeah, he'll he'll definitely beat the shit out of pedophiles and he'll definitely beat the shit out of KKK members, but only when it's convenient for him. I don't think it's I don't and think he'll also beat the, the right shit word. out of people who like don't really need to die, like just random yeah. criminals. He will beat the shit out of those too. Yeah, that, I don't think yeah, there, there's I don't a think God of War the aspect right of that. Yeah, I think this is okay, this feeds into I think Daredevil season two uses the Punisher really well mm-hmm. because he's a villain. Mm-hmm. And I think He's an anti hero. I think the Punisher works as a villain because his ju- the the just parts of him, the heroic sides of him, give him nuance there. Oh, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. To, but making him into a hero and acting like he is like a rational, like good person mm-hmm. at a fundamental level does not work. Wait, and I so think- they didn't pull him off? They didn't pull him off as like an anti-hero in season one of his show. I don't think so. I think the I think the first half of Punisher season one is fine. I think it drops off in quality in the second half gotcha. because instead of instead of sticking to the Punisher as like as very morally gray and probably heading towards the more dangerous side of things, it mm. kind of starts just telling us that he's a hero. Yep. This guy's got the right idea. Yeah. He also starts <laughs> just saying stuff that isn't true. Like there's a part where he talks about how he hates bombs. Yeah, yeah, you, that's it. that was in your article. I remember that. You he specifically... says he hates bombs and then like two episodes later he's blowing people up. Like... Right. So right, I... and there's a, there's a part where he says that he ne- that he looks everyone in the eye that he kills. Then like there are parts where he sneaks up behind someone and snaps their <laughs> neck. They never saw him. <laughs> yeah. I mean um so what was I gonna say? In in Daredevil season two, they use they he's a good um foil to Matt Murdock's, you know, you know, I I'm not the judge, jury, executioner, I'm just the judge and the jury. <laughs> I can never And the kill. executioner. I just get him there, I think is what you were going for. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, I because I think the Punisher is really interesting to watch as a villain because like similar to how Killmonger is the best villain the MCU has produced by a mile. Mm-hmm. Like there are parts of him that you resonate with mm-hmm. for the Punisher, but like at the at the center of him, he's not something that you can like that is a. He, sustainable... You should look up to him. Yeah, it's right. not something that it's not something that you want to like lead a team of heroes on. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I, that's part of why they give Killmonger all these scenes where he's violent specifically towards women. Like, it's part of why mm. the Punisher has these sequences where he loses control and shows that he really cannot be trusted to, like, uphold real mm. morals. Like, that, that I, like, I like thinking of it as, like, it's what's convenient to him, it's what crosses his mind. Yeah. But it's also how he consistently goes too far, how he consistently goes out of his way and is kind of not ever in control of exactly, like, the kind of justice he's dealing. It's more just, like, I'm gonna hurt them. I'm going to mm-hmm. punish them somehow. Mm-hmm. They also... And, yeah, sorry. Uh, they no, also they ahead. also make this, um... They have to keep reminding the audience in Daredevil Season 2 that, uh... 
He is a crazy person. He is like men he is like brain damaged and they keep showing the, the X ray of his skull and it's such which a Which I don't yeah, th- which I think is as, yeah. yeah, I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a good way. I don't think so either. Because <laughs> I mean I don't know if that's this has been discussed on the show, but just because like show like telling someone, Oh, they are they're not making good choices or they're violent and aggressive is because of their mental illness. Exactly. Doesn't give the person their uh, fuck. What's the what's the word? Uh, doesn't give them uh, the agency. It doesn't give them their yeah. own agency. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't make them responsible for their actions. It blames um, some other uh, issue. Other force that like- um, if like that creates that feeds into a stereotype that is damaging to other people. That for the majority of those people. Are not violent. Yeah, it also yeah it also demonizes the those people. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, we this guy can't be a hero. He's mentally ill. Like, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I heroes, I was actually thinking I was actually thinking of like how would a superhero with severe chronic defe- depression work, and how would like how would his or like like the, the like his first issue would kind of be him sitting on the couch or whatever the, uh, like him her. Uh, whatever they want to do, just sitting on the couch, not wanting to do anything. I mean, thinking about like heroes who are mentally ill, you could point to Iron Man three again, actually, mm-hmm. because there's yeah. a very real argument that what he's dealing with is PTSD. Like, yes, it's all but like literally stated. Yeah, there and like you can make plenty of arguments that like a lot of established heroes are mentally ill, but they don't point to that for the heroes because they're worried people will go like, "Well, can he be trusted?" And he's a hero. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 kind of felt like a cop out to me in Daredevil season two, just exactly. like, pointing to that and and uh, ultimately it's not just like, a cop out. It's yeah. like it's it's actively harmful yeah, to mentally ill totally. people. And and I feel like the the main point they were just trying to get was like, oh, the X ray of his skull is supposed to be like his logo. To get that, that's the Punisher logo. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, come on, dudes. Um, and I feel like his his character arc in that season just kind of faltered. Where at the end, he just has the the skull in his chest, and he. There was this whole thing with Electra and the hand that's going on that he has nothing to do with, and he's just like another. It building. shows he's, up. He's right? sniping ninjas, you know. Even <laughs> though Matt Murdock's like, no, I don't like killing, and then like you know Frank Castle just like kind of gives a thumbs up. Was like, wait, that was the <laughs> it's like it's for you, Red. <laughs> I know you're loving this, Daredevil. <laughs> you don't need to thank me. <laughs> Uh, like uh, the summon character in an RPG, it was it was just very strange. Yeah, yeah no, and- no, that's exactly what it's like. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like a trophy in Super Smash Brothers, where it's just yeah, like it's trophy, you throw yeah. it up in the air, and it's like, up, oh, you got sniped now. Uh, they're there for five it's seconds. Like one of the shitty ones, right? Like yeah, yeah Tingle yeah. or something. Yeah. Like no, no, Tingle's useless. Um, the Nintendo's Tingle. <laughs> I, if you if you told me like years like years ago that like oh yeah they're there's going to be a Netflix Daredevil show. It's going to be super violent. And Shane from The Walking Dead is going to play the Punisher and be shooting ninjas at a rooftop. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, well I mean, that is in the comics. There is, there's I, also an argument I'm pretty that, sure like, there's a scene where Punisher is shooting ninjas 
uh, with guns. I think I'm just really. T- I think I, I felt this way. Okay, whoa, whoa. I, I binge watched season two. You know that the Punisher really shoots a lot of things with guns. Though. <laughs> I was just so tired of the ninjas at that point. <laughs> so wait. every time season two did not know what to do with the story, ninjas just pop out of nowhere and then they had to fight them for ten. So minutes. like. Yeah, what, what are they going to do with the Netflix shows now if they're going to get rid of the ninjas? What are they going to use as uh, yeah. a... I, I, really, the... I really like Daredevil like... Season 2 kind of for the same reason because I feel like I feel like it understands at a core level <laughs> that its basic purpose is to be like a kung fu movie from Hong Kong in the 90s. Mm. Like, just to get the most like outrageous like hand-to-hand combat scenes. Are you saying Iron Fist didn't succeed in doing that? <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm saying that, Chris. <laughs> That might be something I'm saying. Not even the RZA episode I directed. Oh, God. Yeah. What's the RZA episode? That was the episode one. Episode six. He, he like, it was the uh, best episode of Iron Fist directed by RZA. Wait, it was wait. the whole gauntlet of like him fighting different, like the spider lady and the... Oh, that one. Coyote. That was the one with uh, Louis, uh, Louis Tan? No, no, it was episode eight. No, no. Yeah, was, I, I love how Izzy memorizes like the episode numbers of Iron Fist season one. <laughs> God, I forgot. Hey, Rizza directed some Iron Fist. He, he directed the Man with the Iron Fist, the Man yes. with the Iron Fist too, and, and an episode of Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Yeah, hey. he's an auteur. Yeah, <laughs> but in a different way. <laughs> he's multi-talented. Um, <laughs> and his whoop. his signature is metal hands. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing about the Punisher show is that it was less about like you know, like, violent vigilante justice, and it was more like a personal vendetta show. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I kind of um, took it. It, 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 um, it was less about crime on the streets and more about... Um, I was guess a personal the, conflict. Almost? I mean, I, I mean, I, I was talking more about like you know, there were like the um there there were there are those scenes of the um support group mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. of all the veterans, and it seemed to be a little more honed into that. Yeah, um, I think yeah. I think the Punisher, like at its core, sides with the veterans. Like that's mm-hmm. what like that's what it wants to convey to you all the time, everywhere. Like this is this is our group. These are our people, and. That makes sense, but like on the same at the same time, the Punisher did not need to take on gun control, but it does. And yeah. like mm-hmm. like they, they they explicitly have a debate about gun control in the Punisher, and it ends up portraying Frank Castle, the guy who shoots people with guns all the time, as like the the, the rational in between party between these two extremes, the voice of reason. Yeah, Wait, uh, so I never, so I never watched, sh- I never watched the show because I just don't. I'm not just not interested in it at all. Okay. <laughs> Look, I was, I was like barely interested in watching Iron Fist. I just wanted to see how bad it was. Um, <laughs> I, so made I, it through, I made it through episodes. one episode of Iron Fist. Mm. I understand that. Mm. Oh my! God. I had to binge watch that for um, the class that yeah, um, for... Chris used to teach that I teach now. And I was like, get me out of here. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all of Inhumans, so I beat all of you anyway. Wow. Yeah, why'd you do that? No, but how much, but you, he also paid $20 to see it in IMAX. There was, how many, how many people, how many people were in the theater that day? Uh, there were three other people besides me. Oh in an IMAX God. theater. Yeah. But you paid you paid twenty dollars. Right? I did. Like yeah. Well, twenty dollars of my hard earned cash. Uh, I would well, yeah, use Chris a movie wins. pass on Inhumans. <laughs> uh, 
Unfortunately, yeah, Chris wins. for IMAX screenings. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> but still, even if I could. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Chris wins. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk about painful experiences that you put yourself through, but I don't think I don't think Punisher season one was like that level of that. I um, I thought the like I said I thought the first half was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have too many gripes there because it pretty much it stays in its pocket. You know, it has right. like it does what it needs to do, and then the second half it kind of throws all nuance out the window and starts just telling me that the Punisher is a hero <laughs> and also a good person. And so yeah. At some point, I just kind of go like, you guys know who you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, at best, he's an anti-hero. Like, at the Mm -hmm. very best, at his conception, like, the creation of the character, he is a villain. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot come to me going like, ah, the guy who uses, like, a ton of assault rifles and other weapons to kill people is, like a hero and what America needs right now. And the, to release that after the Las Vegas shooting, I just, oh my God, it feels, it feels beyond witless. It feels, it's like the stupidity there for me was just mind boggling. And I watched all of it so I could write this article for Pace. <laughs> uh, can you talk to us a little more about that Senator character? Yeah, uh... Senator Stan Ori, who in the <laughs> comics, who is in the comics, is an organized crime figure in the oh. pocket of the mob, basically. Wow. Yeah, so already setting him <laughs> up for success. The, um, he's he's brought in to be the political opponent to um, uh, Deborah Ann Wall's character, Page. Thank you, Karen Page. Karen yeah. Page. Because uh, she's pro guns, basically. That's what she's brought in to argue on this this radio show and the and senator stan ori is her opponent and everything about him ticks the boxes of like a right-wing fantasy of a terrible liberal politician like he's slick but he's kind of vague he's he's polished but he never really connects with you he is clearly funded by like corporate backers his all of his arguments for gun control are like really not thought well thought out or anything and he doesn't argue them well and then when it finally gets down to it when he gets attacked by a person with a gun he becomes a complete coward tries to sacrifice everyone around him so that he can live and then runs away and is never heard from again on the show he even has like this um this cover so like they, they kind of do like a vantage point like this rational mom like oh this is how i remember it and yeah his his fantasy was actually picking up a gun and fighting back exactly and the whole <laughs> this whole rational thing is just so they can go actually he's a fucking pussy and we hate him <laughs> yeah. like it's the the whole sequence is just to be able to go like man this guy sucks <laughs> yeah. Which oh. is, like, okay, but, like, why would you bring up gun control at this point in America just to do that? Like, it's that's not why even... They pu- this is, that's actually probably the main reason why they pushed this back a few weeks. Yeah, no, yeah. and they they canceled, like, a panel appearance at a Comic-Con for yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't... They, 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 didn't they, 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 they... So, like, they after watching the show, they yeah. pushed it back not because of the gratuitous violence in the show, but probably because of this. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Well, and also because their hero uses guns all the time. Like that's like that's his thing. Well, that's what he does. So, so I think maybe that that might have been like part of it. But I think it was because of the gun control discussion in the show that was the additional 
reason, like, okay, because this happened, we're going to, and this happens in our show, we're going to push it back this amount of weeks. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's basically what happened, but, like, it's because, to go back to what we talked to about, like, the Iron Man being the Taylor Swift, the the idea of them riding this, like, center line is basically what they're trying to do all the time, always, with their, like, mainstream heroes. Well... And that doesn't work when, like, the debate is between yeah. guns and no guns, yeah. and your hero is supposed to be in the middle, is guns. Yeah. <laughs> Even more guns, probably, actually. Yeah, yeah like, like, more guns than your average gun nut is, like, the rational of center of this debate. <laughs> I have an interesting question. If this, like, if the sh- if the Punisher, because like, I remember, um, the sort of what Anthony was, like, oh, some news Anthony's mentioning, like, they were going to time the release of the Punisher, and just drop everything during New York Comic Con, but then they canceled panel, push the show back because of Las Vegas. Um, if that had, if they had done that at an event closer to the Parkland shooting, would they have even released the show at all? Or what? How do you think they would have changed? Do you think they would have changed it if it was pushed to like a bigger, substantial event like Parkland? Do you remember that? Like, there is this um, Bruce Willis, Eli Roth remake of Death Wish that came out oh this year, and God. I think that came out. <laughs> Right after Parkland. Wait, 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 yeah, that movie, that that really dumb movie that came out the same weekend as Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That oh, movie, yeah. that movie pissed me off the, because the, the entire time it was white savior complex. Oh, that yeah. movie was peak. Like white guy goes into bad neighborhood and kills bad people. Good guy also, with a gun. Also, he he wears a hoodie all the time. Like just starting from there that your iconography is a white man with a gun wearing a hoodie dispensing uh-huh. his own kind of justice. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was a one scene of like a radio news host and it was a it was a black radio news host and it was just like it was just like, Is this guy a hero? This vigilante <laughs> a hero? And I'm just like, uh I it's like I don't know why you're uh uh, it seems weird that it's taking you this long to answer this question. Yeah, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> By the way, I should have asked way earlier. Am I allowed to say fuck on Absolutely. this podcast? Please, I mean, I think okay. I mean, have I said fuck? Podcast. Have I said yeah. fuck enough? Probably. I, I, I said. I probably I said fuck have. enough. I just yeah. realized I never asked because I just you know it's podcasting. It's the wild yeah, west. I know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed yeah. to do what this I want. This here parts. Yeah. Yeah, no. That, I that, can stretch out please, in any di- in any direction. Izzy, That's don't don't say Izzy. Yeah. For the sake of God and country, never do that again. This your parts. <laughs> never, never make an uh, an attempt at that accent ever again in my presence. I think you did fine, Izzy. Don't listen to don't you. me. Fucking, I'm, I'm neutral. I'm gonna be in the middle of this. Um, Chris pulls a Taylor Swift. Yeah, I have a bunch of guns. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am I am the true golden <laughs> ratio here. I'm the true golden mean. But I yeah, have a lot of guns. But yeah, that brings. Uh, but to tie back to the question, if the Punisher, if they plan, if they initially planned the Punisher to be released near Parkland, and then Parkland happened, do you think that would? How much do you think that would have changed the show? Because our yes, Las Vegas was a big issue. Like a big event that caused a gun control debate. They would have pushed it further. They would have pushed it further and edited it. I think. Yeah, I think they would have done about the same thing they did with the Las Vegas shooting because that was huge too. Well, in its own way. do you think? Like, do you think was... they edited it after Vegas? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Do you? Th- they would have definitely edited it because of Parkland. 
Maybe. Do you think it would have been I'm... just canceled in general? No. No, probably. No, 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 no. I think they, no. they just would have pushed it back. Yeah. They would have pushed yeah, it back and they would have so edited it. And we don't know how much, if they edited it at all after the the Vegas shooting. Yeah. We don't know anything there. But, like, they could have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, you know, Netflix and Marvel, they are smarter than whoever the hell released Death Wish. Um, Not so. by that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I mean, well, like, uh, we like, just want to say Marvel TV is very different from regular, yeah. you know, the and MCU, exactly. Marvel, like, the writers and the directors yeah. and the people in the boots. Um, what was that? The, uh, the movie Gangster Squad was going to be released, <laughs> like, around the same time at, like, it was Aurora? shortly after the Aurora shooting, and there was a scene in Gangster Squad where they shoot people up in a movie theater. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, and, uh, they actually did reshoot that. They, like, pushed it back almost an entire, like, Almost a year, I think, and they like actually... a, not like a couple months, like not months? oh months. Okay, it was, sorry, it was like a... released. It's supposed to be released in the fall, and they pushed it to January. Yeah, they did a like Charlie, po- like a Christopher Plummer there, not Charlie Plummer, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, uh, Ridley they, Scott like... is the one who shows everyone else what's up. Yeah. Like, he's the one who <laughs> yeah. like. Just yeah, like, it was hey, released it. January seventh, twenty thirteen. Bye. I got three days to reshoot all my scenes. <laughs> like, Let's hold my go. beer. We're doing this. And then, and then he, and then he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Yeah. <laughs> really, just as an F you to Kevin Spacey from yeah. the Academy. Um. So, so there is like precedent for like, um. Yes, like there have been edits to um, to kind of uh, to attempt to alleviate that. I mean, I think they kind of took out a chunk of out of Gangster Squad to the point where like the movie made even a little less sense. <laughs> Um, so, I don't know, I think they would have probably still released it at some point, because, like, they, they made the damn episodes, like, they can't mm-hmm. just, uh, toss them away, like, that's just not really, uh... They at the same that. time, they could have, they could have cut some of these scenes that we talked about in The Punisher, it's Netflix, you're allowed to make any episode length you want. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I mean... I don't think the show would have been, like, significantly better about guns if they had cut out this whole Stan Ori thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, like, you're still, like, it's still an environment where people are going, like, hey, we should maybe ban weapons that can kill dozens of people in seconds. Yeah. And, like, people are going, like, maybe not. And then to have this guy come out as, like, your new, the new face of Marvel Netflix, not a great choice. And so even if they had cut out this Stan Ori thing, it wouldn't have been great. Right. Like, um, yeah, I, I can't, I'm trying to figure out what function he had. That whole, uh, domestic terrorism, uh, plot line, that was, that, that was just such a weird tangent in that show. Yeah, cause, know. cause that's, that's what they set up as the extreme gun nut side of right. this. Like, yeah. they set up, like, like, there are two bad guys here. There's the liberal politician trying to take away the guns, and there's the, the, the zealot trying to fuck it up for all of us by mm-hmm. using guns and bombs to kill innocent people. Yeah. And, like, they set up Frank Castle, the Punisher, yes. as the guy, the guy who can stand on his chest. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what my article for Faith was basically the, saying. The, the, like, the, uh, what's it called? The, the show basically says that the good guy with the gun is the, is the way that we should live in yeah. America. I mean, that's, that, you could argue that that's what M- the MCU movies in general are about. It's about, you know, good guys with guns. But the thing like, is, is that we shouldn't even be touching that. I don't even think we should even be touching that point. Because if we do, it will negate everything that these ridiculous action movies are made for. Eh. 
I don't know. I don't. I, don't, I like... look. I think there are. I think there. I think these movies can talk about a bunch of other amazing, important, serious issues. But I think touching that could lead to people being upset, and could lead to um, just very conflicting, very uh, hypocritical, um, just hypocritical actions. Like what's happening in the show. Hmm. Um, am I right in, uh, and sorry, this is like kind of going to a different topic, but, um, am I right in saying that 13 Reasons Why had a school shooting? Yeah, I read about, oh, oh yeah, the show that was supposed to predominantly talk about, you know, mental health and suicide, all of a sudden is going to have a second TV show, second season, talking about a school shooting. No, it's about, and they talk, because, like, it went from, I remember reading an article about this, like, the first season was supposed to say, like, it's supposed to bring a light to, like, mental awareness issues, and then the second ish, the second season did, like, a bunch of Me Too stuff and sexual assault, and then, like, they did school shootings really? and consent, okay. and, like, honestly, this should, I mean, I have a, I could devote, like, another episode of, of this podcast, if okay. there's any reasons why, but it's AP Marvel, but, like, <laughs> essentially, like, yeah, 13 Reasons Why was also sort of tri- is an example I think 13 Reasons Why is an example of the show of that they talk about this stuff very openly and with just no sort of regards to boundaries almost that's what I'm seeing with no I have heard, I've heard secrets. pretty bad stuff about 13 Reasons Why specifically with regards to suicide like I've heard mm-hmm. that it doesn't even do a good job oh it's like main oh, yeah, I, don't get me started like- on it it is it is it is a, a horrific portrayal of what mental illness is and of what suicide no, I did not because I refuse to watch Good. a show that has anything to do with that. Um, it is really horrific, and I do not want to talk about it actually because it okay. makes me really upset about how bad okay. it is. Yeah, I, I was just, I was um, wondering if that show actually did depict on screen a school shooting because that. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have. Oh, I'd... if they did, they'd be canceled on the spot. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know. Netflix doesn't really. Yeah. They well, the show. Well, like the, the show. Well, the show did depict. A, a suicide on screen and right. they were told not to do that and they did it anyway so I don't know if they, they could um, but yeah 13 Reasons Why is like as I said like, it's an example of a show that is like a, a little I guess a little bit like The Punisher has a very open stance even, I guess even more so like in the media very has a very open stance and is arguably not really afraid to talk about these subjects and they've gotten some heat for it i know people who defend the show say you know it's hard stuff to watch but we need to show it but this is definitely not and but i also like me and anthony are definitely on the campus this is not the right way to do it and you're not doing this the right way is definitely the reason like and so i think if you can if you want to compare i guess how that show depicts its own social issues to what the Punisher and Netflix is trying to do, I think 13 Reasons Why is doing too much of an on-the-nose, like, broad, very upfront job about it. I think the Punisher Mm -hmm. is probably avoiding just because Marvel is being risky, but still is being mindful of what it's showing. Sure, so not not exactly comparable, because it... It did come. To, it did like come across me as like, oh, these are different instances of Netflix just being totally tone deaf. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they're all. Leaves. It's very much like an apples to oranges issue, but I think sure. they, with like their respective issues, they have different. They have they're dealing with sensitive issues, and are com- show, are conveying them in two different ways. One with some of them might might not be all that correct. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of applies to a lot of uh, movies and TV shows nowadays because I feel like I see a lot of movies about issues that are like social issues political issues what have you that are affecting like the 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 consciousness at that moment because they're trying to be like relevant but it tends to be in a way that doesn't demonstrate any real understanding of it like there's the the netflix Mm -hmm. movie with martin freeman cargo like do you guys know what that is it's called (laughs) it's it's cargo or fargo no fargo (laughs) Oh God! There's two similar sounding. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to like do a call out post at Fargo. It's uh, Cargo. Yeah, I'm looking this up now. I'm actually not familiar with this. There. Okay, look. Look it up. In the meantime, yeah. I just think there's a lot of stuff about specific social issues, whether it's gun control, suicide, school shootings, whatever it is. We have artists that go like, well, I'm going to make a thing about this because that's what I'm thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. But they, it never feels like they really get it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Like, yep. 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 This is the thing about the thing you're thinking about. Like, that's all they're trying to do, and it just, it it fails to generate anything real. Detroit, Become Human is now in stores on the Thank you! Uh, oh, that is, that is another great example of that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, all I, I mean, I've just been seeing the reviews of it and what Chris has talked about with that game, but, yeah. Um... That's Bad all. stuff. That's yeah. <laughs> so I which, so which is worse, the Punisher or Beast Detroit become human? Uh, so wait, if we were to judge, if we were to have a list of pieces of medium that said they were going to do something and then didn't like, like did it poorly or didn't even like talk about it, <laughs> how long it, do you got, man? <laughs> it's it's too fucking long, dude. Uh, it's like thirteen reasons why the Punisher. Detroit becomes human. Um, Detroit becomes human. Uh, yes. You can make an um, argument for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I, uh, Hamilton, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, the list can go on. Um, so that one episode of Iron Fist. That the entire <laughs> show of Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> we tried to make a good show. <laughs> that was the that we was heard the you guys tried. like good shows. Yeah, that this was, is a show. Uh, Corporations yeah. are people too. Yeah. Uh, All right. I actually have to go in a little bit. I don't know if yeah, you want to. Yeah, we are like way yeah. over time. I think. But, yeah. Um, Chris is gonna have, have, have fun editing. Chris. Yeah. Yes. Any any concluding thoughts? Uh, I, I think we wrapped up the Iron Man discussion very well. But in terms of uh, Daredevil, Punisher, Netflix in general, um, any final conclusions? Like any, the Punisher is definitively so and so. The show. The show, the show. From what it seems, falls into the trap of. We're going to discuss something in this show, 
but they only talk about it a but little we're bit. We're not going to do a good job. And we're not going to do a good job yeah. of it because we want to tread a line. Um, I think honestly, I think that's when it comes to violence, when it comes to weapons, I think that that's a trap that most superhero movies fall into. Yeah, because they're I superhero just, movies. They're not like they're exactly. yeah, they're they're movies about making fights fun. Yeah. Like that's what that's what they're doing from the get-go, but at a certain point, when you start thinking about the way they treat weapons, the way they treat violence, and you kind of go like, huh, you have a lot of, like, really powerful weapons, and all your lead characters are white men with a lot of power. Yeah. Like, applying these lenses to the MCU tends to make you realize that it's not a great use of any kind of social issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there are exceptions to this. I don't want to say, like, the whole MCU is uh, an exercise in consolidating white power and white supremacy. That's not what I'm going for. Yeah. But on a certain level, I think we've talked about, like, my main point throughout this whole thing is they keep trying to ride this line of between the two extremes. They're trying to present themselves as, like, the rational middle between everything. Mm -hmm. And after a certain point, that just kind of starts feeling like you're not even considering it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I was. I was gonna let you finish your thought and then add onto it. Yeah. I just when it when it comes, you're making a movie that's making fights fun and like that's that's fine. Fantasy is is escapism, all that stuff. It all has its value. But when you don't consider it, when you're not thinking about it, it reveals a kind of. Uh, a refusal to think about it at this point mm-hmm. rather than just uh it's not coming up like i could you can make excuses for earlier superhero movies because they're just trying to make good superhero movies but at this point you've got to start thinking about your legacy you've got to start thinking about the way you use weapons the way your characters present themselves mm-hmm. when they when they have this kind of power this kind of capability to With kill great people. power comes great responsibility yeah this is this this all feeds into my manifesto about how spider-man is the platonic ideal of all superheroes <laughs> i mean like look at look at some like the, anybody, some of the coolest he's relatable he's like, funny and he doesn't kill anyone some of the some of the coolest super superheroes have powers that are just like push people out of the way exactly like a superhero is like what it was meant to be is a guy who helps people, not a guy who has the biggest gun. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I had a point and I'm losing it. Um <laughs> talk too long. It, no, Sorry. It's, no, it's fine. It was really good. Um oh yeah. So sorry, weapons and social issues. So I think you're definitely right how especially especially after especially especially after Infinity War, Marvel has to think a lot about its legacy and what it's trying to convey and i think disney is sort of breaking out of that mold where it's like haha disney for kids i'm sorry <laughs> anthony looks sad no i'm just tired and it's hot out and uh, i have a thing at 8 30 oh yeah it's so human I will wrap I it up. <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah i think disney yeah definitely marvel is trying to like especially yeah marvel has a big a lot to live up to now and they do have to be start being a lot more careful about what they say and especially i think just this day and age too because i think we were talking about this last episode like 2016 was so different than now and that was two years ago yep so marvel has to be a lot more careful about you know what they're doing thank god thank god that the first thank god for the that the 
the that Black Panther uh, covered serious issues that needed to be discussed, and Infinity War didn't touch anything and was just a giant fun epic. Exactly. Exactly. With Black well, Panther, we talked about I some stuff with Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it talks about sacrifice, but it doesn't. It's not like it's like not like it talks. Stuff. It's not like, doesn't talk about like gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos actually, the, the Infinity Stones are actually like a pride. Um, well, I mean, that's 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 a problem with the MCU as well. Like the fact that they keep censoring scenes where characters are shown to be queer, canonically gay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, but they like, refuse to do it. They re- And, like, I, I get what you're saying about they need to be careful about what they say, but, like, so far, what they've been mostly doing is not saying anything about anything. And that's a bigger issue. I think yeah. Marvel, the And that's why people is, like Black Panther so much. Because it had something to say, cause, also because of Brian Coogler, but, like, people like Black yeah. Panther because it had something to say. I think Marvel has to be a little bit more risky about what they say. With, like, I think they can. I think they stuff. can now. I think like so. like look, Infinity War, Avengers Four, they were already made. They saw how successful Black Panther is, and they're gonna apply that to future movies by saying, "Okay, people like when we're able to say yeah. things now. Let's Hopefully say shit." Marvel, they'll say something. Yeah. The conclusion yeah. of this episode is Marvel should stop pulling a Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey. Make it. Gay. There we go. Make it gay again. Christ. Um. um yeah. All right. Yeah. Stop making things where people shoot. shoot people all the time. Good lord. Um. So Let I really have actually have to go. People. Um. But what's I. What's your What's your Twitter handle? My Anthony? Twitter handle oh, yeah. is <laughs> at the Pizza Taco. Okay. Uh, check out some great socialist commentary and tweets mm-hmm. there. Uh, if you want, you can yell at me. You can follow me. I don't give a shit. Just do it. Hashtag discourse with yeah. hashtag Anthony. <laughs> I, I'm probably not even discourse. Just like look at my shit and yell at me, <laughs> okay. and I'll just be like, okay. Okay. Um, uh, can, can I actually? Uh, you don't have you to. Have you my, don't have yeah. to include. You this. Have my permission to leave. <laughs> you don't have to include this. You don't have to include this. I just want to ask how did the last week go? I wasn't there. I just want to hear uh, about. It. Okay, a calm conversation, conversation about, yeah, calm conversation about Iron Fist. It was all right. Two well, Asian well, people teaming up against a white guy over well, Iron Fist. What did the white guy say? No, not, just listen to it later. It's, it's, uh, it's, I have to uh, listen to it. Yeah, no, it was it was civil. It was, we came to an understanding. Uh, Izzy, what is your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is at um, Delirian, Delirian, which is D E L I R I L Y N. Um, and yeah, I'm. Follow, uh, you can follow Marvel News Desk, where I am a contributor. Mm-hmm. I have an article coming out soon, hopefully. Yeah. Hey yo. Um, Eric, uh, Twitter handle and anything you want to plug? Yeah, I got, I got a few. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is at audaciously yours. It's like audaciously, but with an e. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a co-founder of the Major Cast Network, which is a podcast network that has all ranges of stuff. We've got. At, we we are at majorcastnetwork.com, although as I speak, I believe the website is under renovation. So mm. for now, you can just go to iTunes and look our stuff up. Um, I do one called Big Time Whoopsies, which is where I look at stories from history that involve incompetence in some way. And then I tell it to a friend of mine who has never heard it before. <laughs> I we have, we have a show called Media Majors, where my friends Tom and Liam tell each other stories from movies and TV, internet culture, and video games. Uh, it's all pretty wild and weird. The um, we've got we've got so much stuff, honestly. 
So check out majorcastnetwork.com. I don't know when this episode is going to come out by, Me neither, but by but that we'll time, <laughs> by that time, it should be up and running and much prettier to look at. Okay, excellent. So we would we would definitely appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, of course, mine is at Compenderizer. Uh, like Izzy said, you can follow us at Marvel News Desk and donate to our Patreon because we want to keep making cool stuff like this. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Bye. <laughs> and wait, was that my Anthony? Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>